But sometimes I'll say things because I want us to think. Yeah. And I'll say it a certain way because I want us to think, and I won't resolve it because I want us to think. And and the real frustration that I have is nobody thinks. Yep. <laughs> People don't listen to learn. They listen to decide whether or not they agree. And that is the curse of the modern world. We're also tribal. Yeah. Right? But Jesus didn't come to make Israel great again. Um, the Messiah, the Savior, came uh, to under help us understand the greatness of God. And the greatness of God as Jesus displays it. The ultimate greatness is not his power, but it's his love. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about the Old Testament and how the Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus didn't just show up and like, surprise, nobody saw this coming. Uh, God had given us an address in Scripture that God said, hey, this Savior is coming. The Old Testament's all about a coming Savior, and it's fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So Christmas was not this like brand new idea. Christmas was a fulfillment of an old promise. Uh, Chad, Talk about, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, talk about why people have such a misconception of who God is until Jesus shows up. Yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to remember how much we got into that in yeah. the previous podcast. Well, we talked about the anthill and, you know, it seems like God's angry and God's mad throughout the Old Testament. And oh, then he yeah. went to therapy for 400 years and then Jesus shows up and he's like, <laughs> all right, guys, I love you. All right. Well, just to clarify what Robert just said. So your Bible was written over a span of 1500 to 1600 years. There's not another book like it in the history of mankind. Uh, it was written by over 40 authors that lived on three different continents, all different kinds of backgrounds, everything from kings to fishermen. And the Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi. The New Testament begins with the book of Matthew. And time-wise, there's a 400-year gap uh, between the writing of Malachi and the writing of, of Matthew. But what brings all of the Bible together, and the Bible is actually not technically the way we think of a book. The Bible is 66 ancient manuscripts bought, brought together, so 66 books. Um, what brings the Bible together is these, all, all these Old Testament prophecies about the coming uh, Christ or Messiah. Messiah is Hebrew. It means anointed one. Uh, Christ is just the Greek word for anointed one. And there's at least 300 distinct prophecies there, and they're all fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So um, to bring some some clarity to, to that quick little run there is, um, yeah, Christmas has always been. Mm -hmm. So we're calling this series, we're calling it always, yeah? I think so. Yeah. Um, it's always been. It's always been in the heart of God. The mm -hmm. Savior is coming, um, the Messiah or, or the Christ. And yeah, God in the Old Testament— what you have is an infinite being, God, that can see all things, knows all things. So I'll give you a definition of God. Do you want a definition Let's of God? Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. So if you've ever like thought, well, God's this old man in heaven with a long white beard. No, 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 no. Yeah. Get rid so, of that idea. Well, sometimes I'll talk to an uh, atheist friend and they, they think that that's what I think God is. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well. They have what? the Monty Python picture yeah, of God. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm not talking about Zeus here or something mm -hmm. from a you know cartoon. Um Here's the definition of God, because God transcends creation. He is the creator. We are the created. And so this is what God is. Um, God is an infinite, eternal spirit without any boundaries or limitations that has an intellect, personality, feelings, and will. 
So God is an infinite, eternal spirit. He's everywhere at the same time. Um, he is all powerful and he knows everything. He has literally no limitations the way that we think about limitations. And so what you have is this infinite being and then all of us, these tiny little finite beings, yep. right? On our tiny little rock flying through space called Earth. Yeah. And, and what is Earth hanging in space? That's mm-hmm. nothing, uh, which in and of itself is Crazy to think And the about. more we learn about the universe, the more we realize, man, we really are a little speck of dust flying through this thing. Yeah, we don't know anything. Um, and so we sometimes are like, God, I don't like you. And we shake our little bitty fists in the massive face of an almighty, infinite God uh, because we can't see what he sees. We don't know what he knows. But he does have a personality, intellect, feelings, and will. And so what God does in the person of Jesus is he wraps himself up in that little tiny experience that all of us are having. Yeah. Uh, finite humanity. Yep. So if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. So there's all these things in the Old Testament that the writers are, they're being inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they're also trying to describe something that's indescribable. Mm-hmm. And they're also trying to understand something from that finite, tiny position. And so it's not that God had therapy for 400 years and now he's nice in the person of Jesus. Yeah. It's that for the previous stack of thousands of years, uh, we just couldn't comprehend his personality, intellect, feelings, and will. We don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. When God reveals himself, even in the Old Testament, you know, he's patient and he's yeah. loving and he's not, you know, he's, he's merciful. He's long-suffering. He's all of those things when he describes himself. Yeah. And we, we understand that more in the person of Jesus. Well, he also is sometimes mad mm-hmm. and he says, I'm mad, right? Yep. And uh, here's the result of my anger. And it's a righteous um, anger because... All of his creation and those he loves have been destroyed by sin, the effects of sin. And so, yeah, just like if somebody was messing with your kid, you'd be mad, yeah. right? Like that's we – get, we get confused sometimes. Why is God mad? Well, because he loves you. Yeah, and, and sometimes a kid needs discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, people bristle. Right. I think I, I talked about this in a, in a recent sermon. You know, Jesus is full of grace and truth. And so we talk about true things. All the grace people are like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we talk about grace things, all the truth people are like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Right? Um, Christianity, the whole idea that God is love is purely uniquely Christian. Yeah. Um, that didn't exist. Um in, 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 a, in a full, complete way that we understand now until the arrival of Jesus. And it's because of our limited understanding. We understand power, wrath, and pain. Yeah. Uh, we don't understand amazing grace, forgiveness, uh, long-suffering. Unconditional love. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Uh, those things are, are really uniquely Christian. Mm-hmm. And somebody right now is going, yeah, you've never read the Koran. Well, actually, I've read some of it. There is a theme through the Christian scriptures of love. And God's primary characteristic, the thing about him that makes him who he is, is not that he's all-powerful, although he is. His primary characteristic is that he's holy, Mm -hmm. which what does that mean? He's perfect in character. And so his character sometimes overrides his power, and he'll keep his power at bay, and he's patient and kind and, and graceful. Because he because he loves us. So the Old Testament, we have a really limited understanding. Yeah. And then we have a full understanding of the personality, intellect, feelings, and will of God in the New Testament through the person of Jesus. Yeah. And at the time of Jesus, so 
it's Christmas season, and maybe you've heard the word Advent. Advent means the the arrival, the coming of Christ. And so we have this Advent, this first Christmas, where Jesus shows up, and people are confused because they think, based on some of the prophecies, because there's some prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled, they're thinking Jesus is going to show up and be a warrior. And they have this idea, he's going to come in, and he's going to just bring justice to the world, and he's going to bring vengeance, and he's going to destroy the Roman Empire, and all of that. And then he's like... Now, if you want to be great, you got to serve people. And he and he shows up as a servant, and he washes people's feet, and he loves kids, and he reaches out to the leper, and he does all these things. Everyone's going, "Is this the guy we were expecting, or is he's he seems different than what we had in mind?" Well, let, let me just shake things up for people for a second, okay? And and before I say what I'm about to say, uh, if you're listening right now, if you're like Chad, where are you on the political spectrum? I am really conservative. I am politically conservative. That's probably not a shock to anybody that actually knows me. But sometimes I'll say things like I'm about to say because mm-hmm. I want everybody to think. Okay. So here's literally what people thought the Messiah was going to do when he arrived. He's going to make Israel great again. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to do. He's going to make the Jewish nation great again, and he's going to wipe out all of our enemies, and he's going to be this political savior. Yep. And boy, were they disappointed. Yep. Because God does show up, the Messiah does come, and he's saying, yeah, my plan is bigger than the Jewish nation, although it involves – just to say this out loud, I'm very pro-Israel. The Jews are God's people from the dawn of time. That's real. Um, But God wants to graft everybody into his plan. Um, He offers grace to anyone and everyone who will receive it, and instead of political power – Jesus transforms the world by transforming who we are from the inside out, and we're to change the world through giving and serving. It's a completely different plan. And I still think there are groups of people, not just in America, but in every nation on the planet that are still looking for political power, and they're still looking for their own kingdom, and they're still looking for hope in these wrong things, and God's plan is different. Yeah. So you think I shook anybody up with that? Thought? I think so. I think, well, I got nervous while you were talking a couple of times. So yeah. if I get yeah, nervous I, and I know where you, for the most part, I know what you're about to say. Well, and, and just to, just everyone's to, on edge, right? Well, just to say this, yeah, for the Sun Valley folks, um, especially if politically you lean more my direction. Uh, and if you don't, I, I love you and I understand your frustrations. Um, we have a lot of the same frustrations. I just have an idea that might be different than yours and how to solve it. But sometimes I'll say things because I want us to think. Yeah. And I'll say it a certain way because I want us to think, and I won't resolve it because I want us to think. And and the real frustration that I have is nobody thinks. Yep. <laughs> People don't listen to learn. They listen to decide whether or not they agree. And that is the curse of the modern world. We're also tribal. Yeah. Right? But Jesus didn't come to make Israel great again. Um, the Messiah, the Savior, came. Uh, to under help us understand the greatness of God and the greatness of God as Jesus displays it. The ultimate greatness is not his power, but it's his love. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus, who has, he does have all power. I mean, he could do whatever he wants, but he says, no, I'm going to do what my father leads me to do. And uh, and he he surprises everybody because he he does it as a suffering servant, but he's also there to set people free. His His mission is not to bring justice and vengeance. Because he hasn't rescued the world from sin and death yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's If he were to come in and bring justice and vengeance, everybody would be destroyed. Yeah, including me and including That's you. right. Because sin has a hold of everybody's hearts. So if he really brought true justice, if he really was that leader who came in with the sword, uh, it would be the end of humanity. 
Uh, but he's, again, patient, loving, long-suffering, wanting everyone to, to come to faith in him. And so there's this moment where Jesus goes to his hometown. So his ministry started, popularity, all that. Uh, he grew up in Nazareth. And so he goes back to Nazareth and he sits in the synagogue. And in the synagogue, you would open up the, the scrolls, the Jewish scriptures, and you would read a portion of the Jewish scriptures. So he opens up the scroll and it's open to Isaiah. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is a prophecy of the coming Messiah in Isaiah. 800 years before the birth of Christ. So he's reading now this prophecy from the Old Testament scroll of Isaiah. Did I get that time frame right? 800 years. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, it's right around 800 years. Okay. It's, let's just say more than 100, less than 2,000. It's, <laughs> it's about 800. <laughs> yeah. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stops there, says, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. So everyone's like, what is he about to say? Because you would read it and you'd say something about the passage. And then he began by saying to them, today, this day, today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus, people are like, Jesus never claimed to be God. Yes, he did all the time. And he stands up, he reads Isaiah, he goes, all that Isaiah prophesied, I'm fulfilling that right now. This is happening. And what do the people do? They try and kill Jesus, right? They take him to the edge of the city and they try and throw him off. But what's interesting to me is he stops mid-sentence in the, in the Hebrew scriptures. It goes on to talk about the vengeance of God. Uh, and he pauses before he gets to that part, and he just talks about freedom from for those who are oppressed, freedom for the sufferers. He talks about God's grace for those people. And then he stops, in essence, saying, that's the second coming. That's the second advent. Uh, there's going to be another return of Christ. And so if you're listening, you're like, yeah, we celebrate Christmas. We look back to that. We also look forward to a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus will return. That's prophesied in the Bible as well. So you have the prophecy the Messiah will come. You also have prophecy that he'll return again. And Jesus is saying in that moment that he's reading the scroll, when I come back, there will be justice and there will be all the evils that are in the world that will be undone. And there will be a wiping out of that. Um, but right now I'm here to set captives free. Yeah. And people were like, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. That's so good. So um, I may have shared this before, but um, it's it's right in line with uh, with what we're talking about. And, and again, if I've shared it before, I've been here in 20 years, friends. Like, you know, <laughs> I only got so many stories. Yeah. So when I was in Bible college, um, I was taking a philosophy class and my mind is wired that way. Uh, if you make me do math, I'm going to struggle a little bit. But if we're going to ponder the meaning of why, mm -hmm. my brain tends to work that way. And so the philosophy professor says God's main character quality is his holiness, his character, who he is, right? Uh, uh, God is a person, not in the sense of he's a human being, but he has personhood, yeah. intellect, personality, feelings, and will. This is the most important thing about him. And so I raise my hand and I disagree with the professor. Why would you do that, Chet? Well, because I'm me. <laughs> and uh, I say, There's nope. unspoken rules. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to go, wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, I wasn't very bright. Which there's great professors out there who they don't teach people what to think. They teach people how to think. And so I'm grateful for those kinds of professors that are open to questions and open to processing through things. Oh, absolutely. Here, here on that. Um, well, frankly, the best part of, of that whole experience was learning how to think better. Yeah. Um, and realizing just because I intuitively feel a certain way doesn't mean I'm right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so anyway, so I challenge him, right? And I don't even remember his name. I'm like, Dr. So-and-so. No, God is God because he's all-powerful. If he wasn't all-powerful, he wouldn't be God. And I'm thinking, I just gave that bro a you yep. know, mic drop. <laughs> like in his 64 years of doing this, he hadn't had that thought before, you yep. know? And we're arguing, right? And then he says, well, if his most important characteristic is that he's all-powerful, then why would he show up in the form of a baby? Because that's not a power move. And then he just left it at that. Hmm. And I was like, I think he just dropped the mic on me. <laughs> um, Christmas lets us know the character of God. Yeah. Um, I may talk about some of this on Christmas Eve. It's, 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 you know, showing up and being born in a manger in Bethlehem to a young teenage version is not a power flex, right? One of the best compliments that Jackson's ever given me. I don't know. This was years ago. He's like 10 and we're in California on vacation. We're walking down to the beach and he thinks I'm buff, right? Cause he's 10. <laughs> yep. He's gotten over that. He doesn't think that anymore, <laughs> but he's like, dad, you're buff. And I'm like, thanks bro. And we're talking and he goes, you know, one thing I like about you, dad. And I go, what's that? He goes, you're low flex. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, like, like you're, you don't try to, you know, show off and, like, you got to prove all this. He goes, you're low flex, Dad. I hugged him. I'm like, that's the best thing I've heard all year, Jackson. Thank you. But um, so just to say it that way, um, and I'm, I'm, I wish I was in, more in character like God. But, but God is, is low flex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fascinating to me that we would shake our little fist in his massive face. We have no idea who we're talking to. Yeah. Because he's low flex. To to your point, there's this moment where Jesus says, "Hey, don't you realize I can call down legions from heaven?" And uh, and and legion, it's talking about a, a number of angels. And there's this one moment in the Old Testament where an angel wipes out an entire one army, angel. One angel. And so you can do the math. Wipes out an entire nation. Yeah. What, Je- what Jesus is saying, I don't even have to lift a finger. I have angels that could wipe out the entire population of earth at my command. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, how powerful really was he? You know, he was put on trial. He was, you know, he was flogged. He was beaten. He, he was executed. Um, Jesus was in control the whole time. He was in power the whole time, but he submitted that uh, for the good of you and for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that God died. Yeah. What? He entered into suffering. We created suffering. And he goes, yeah, I'll go submit myself to that. Yeah. And I'll be a suffering servant. Yeah. So that I could free you from that suffering. Yeah. You ever seen the Ricky Bobby movie, NASCAR? Of course I have. He's like, I like to think of, I like to think of God, <laughs> you know, and that little baby Jesus, uh, you know, so cute, cuddly, and still omnipotent. Yeah. Right, that whole thing. Everybody likes to think of God that way. Yeah. Because when God's a baby, we control him. Hmm. <laughs> But the truth of the gospel is the all-powerful, infinite, without any boundaries or limitations, creator of all things, wrapped himself up in that little bitty baby Yeah, because he loves us. And that love, when we understand it, compels us to, frankly, want to submit to him Yeah, in every area, not because he presses us under his thumb in power, but because he reveals to us his love for us and in that the emotional correct response, right? Is that we, that we trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a low flex. Christmas is a low flex, Mm -hmm. 
love move. It's, it is it is what makes Christianity different. And, and when Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, have the same mindset as Jesus. Like we as Jesus followers are to have that same mindset of, if you have power, humble yourself. Like use that power to serve others. Um, have the same mindset of Christ who didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, that his rights as God, he didn't cling to it, but he emptied himself becoming a servant, even to the humble point of going to the cross for us. And then it goes on to say, and because of that, God's exalted him. And there will be a a moment that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Like that, he will be glory. We will see him in power. That will happen. Um, And whether you choose to or you don't choose to, you you will declare that Jesus is Lord. That that will happen for everybody, whether you believe in Jesus or not. Uh, that moment is coming. Yeah, one day he will flex. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm been patient for long enough. Yep. Um, and and justice will come, and he won't come back as a baby. He'll come back as a warrior. Revelation. He's got a tattoo on his thigh that says King of <laughs> Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's wearing white, which means he's so powerful. He's not planning on getting dirty in this fight. He's yeah. just going to he's just gonna take care of it. The passage in Isaiah, mm-hmm. um, you just read it. Yeah. Um, perhaps maybe as we wrap things up today, Robert, you, you want to read it again and pray for us, but maybe just highlight some of those low flex moves yeah. that uh, it says the Messiah will make because he... He loves us. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus in Nazareth, he goes into the synagogue, opens up the scroll, and he reads this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Christmas is when we celebrate this reality, that it's good news of great joy for all people. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Going into this, I want to ask, um, is there anybody in your life who needs to be set free? Is there anybody uh, in your workplace? Is there somebody who is is blinded, um, who's oppressed, who's poor, not just financially poor, but but maybe relationally poor, who's struggling? Um, This Christmas, we're going to be celebrating the year of the Lord's favor, that, that Jesus has come to set us free. And so a uh, great opportunity to invite somebody to church. Um, they're going to hear the good news of what Jesus has done. Uh, don't miss that opportunity. People will come with you to church if you invite them. Uh, but all of us need this. All of us need what Jesus declared is fulfilled in him. And so I'm going to pray that, pray that for us. Father, thank you. Um, God, you didn't come with like Chad mentioned, a, a, a position of, of power and, and lording over the earth. Um, you, you came in humility. Being born in a manger to a family on the outskirts of town, literally into a filthy environment. God, to demonstrate your humility and your love. Uh, God, thanks that we don't need to be afraid of you because you love us, because you care for us. You've demonstrated, you've proven that over and over and over again. Uh, God, you were incredibly gentle with us. And God, I thank you that you didn't come to bring wrath and vengeance. Uh, You came to set us free, to set captives free. Um, God, I pray for each one of us listening that that we would be set free by the truth of, of who you are, by knowing you. 
by friendship with you, relationship with you. I pray for those who don't yet know you. Um, God, would you put us on mission? Would you give us uh, a vision for those, God, that you want to set free? And that maybe even this year, this Christmas, they would experience freedom for the very first time, uh, that they would put their trust in you. Um, God, would you give us a boldness to invite people uh, to come to Christmas services? Would you give us a boldness to declare that our faith is in you, um, that we would be people who celebrate that this is a year of your favor, even though there's hard things, even though there's suffering and challenges, our hope is secure uh, because God, what you have promised, you will fulfill and you have set free. And uh, we've gotten glimpses of that here on this earth. We look forward to the day uh, when we are completely set free and uh, look forward to celebrating that. And until the day that Jesus, you return, uh, would you help us to be bold in sharing the good news? God, that you love everybody, uh, everybody on this earth. God, you love them. You're patient. You wait for them uh, to say yes to receiving that love. Would you help us to declare that news to as many as we can before we return home or before you return? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.